in today's show. Let's look back at the action from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are, ready to talk about the games for Monday. Not a lot of news today. There was an article from Shamsharania over at The Athletic talking about trade buzz and the potential of Jeremy Grant and Miles Turner and the usual bullshit that gets thrown out there. I don't know how true any of it is. I'm sure all those whispers have been put out there, but I wouldn't be making significant fantasy moves based on potential moves. In saying that, the Miles Turner one, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. So I think there might be, there is obviously something in that um, to a degree, but there's been something in that for three years. But we'll talk about that later. But in terms of news, there's not a huge amount going on. The only thing we got is that Draymond Green, who was weirdly in for the tip of last game. Giggity! And then didn't play. He's out again. So we're a little worried, I guess, with the calf issue. Don't think it's anything too severe, but you're missing again. So that has to give us some um, level of pause or some concern. Now, that does boost the value of, say, an Otto Porter, but he is also on the injury report with the shoulder issue. If he is out, then we're looking at maybe a stream of, say, a Juan Toscano-Anderson, increased value for an Andre Iguodala as well in that scenario. So that's probably the biggest situation at the moment or or the most uh, interesting news is there's really not much else going on. We haven't really had any players going into COVID protocols recently. A couple in Utah, the last one being Elijah Hughes, I think it was. Uh, But some of those guys are set to come out. Um, But nothing really massive happening in terms of updates across the NBA. This one was an update, though. But actually, we'll we'll put it this way. Looking at the players who have been added the most over the last 24 hours. Number one, your mate, my mate, Lance Stevenson. He's been up 51%. His 10-day contract expired and they've signed him for the rest of the season. That was expected. Um, We'll talk about him a little bit more later on. Absolutely fine to have him now. Uh, with the players that are out, fine. I don't believe it long term, but fine now. No worries. Trey Lyles up 28%. Worked out pretty well. I don't really understand what Dwayne Casey's doing. Trey Lyles is playing well, though. That's great. He's played terribly nearly all season. Um, but he is doing some okay things at the moment. I think that maybe it's a placeholder for when Kelly Lenny comes back. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to run that. Um, again, short term, you can take a flyer on Lyles. I, I don't have a problem with that. Lonnie Walker, up 16%. Another one of these very short-term ads. Hello. With the Spurs players out, he's going to get more shots. Long-term, I don't think he's very good, and the numbers will drop off. Kyle Anderson, up 16%. That's a great ad. He's starting at power forward. Although, Steve Adams has been upgraded to questionable, so maybe next game it's back to Jackson and Adams, and Anderson's numbers go down. Chetty Osman, up 11%. Really disappointing from him yesterday. I don't understand how he goes from playing 30 minutes to playing 18 minutes in a game where they can't do anything offensively. I don't think Osman is particularly good as a player. But it's when you look at a player and their skill set and what a team needs and then the minutes available, you tend to prioritize. Hey, if you want scoring, I think Osman will get him over Lamar Stevens and Rajon Rondo. 
And unfortunately, JB Bickerstaff went the opposite direction. Then they scored 82 points. That's why I thought Osman was a guy that you had to add. If he's going to play 28 a night coming off the bench, there's a huge tailor-made role for him to be fantasy relevant. And it just didn't happen in that, in that second game. First game, it did. He was great. Second game, it didn't happen. He has been added in more leagues. And I think it's the right move. I am absolutely holding on to Osman. And I'm recording this part of the show before the, uh, the game tonight for the Cavs. And we'll, talk, we'll recap Osman's value later in the show. <clears throat> but I would have added him and held him. And then we'll see where it goes. Diallo up 10%. I guess that's just a stream today. Royce O'Neill up 9. I, nah, no way. Matisse Leibel up 8. Yep, all right. Fine to stream today with the absences in Philly. Nico Batum up 8%. Um, yeah, look, big minutes for him yesterday. And I think there is some value there while Canard is still out for Batum to have some value. And then Alex Len, yeah, with Jones and um, Holmes still out, Len has some uh, appeal. If we look at the top players or the top um, drops, the players that were dropped, that's the words that I'm trying to say. Cam Reddish down 16%. Yeah, one of the most hyped players in the entire league. And no matter, whatever, whenever he has a game where he has like a you know, five of six shooting, man, this guy's so talented. Future all-star. Like, I don't know when we give up on that. Like, he's three years into his career. This is his third year. And we haven't seen anything consistent from him whatsoever. And I wouldn't even say we've seen prolonged stretches of him being good. People always add him. He has his little runs and then it drops off. Because I, I just don't think he's that good. Um, and I think dropping him in 12-team leagues with the return of Bogdanovich and Herter and then Hunter coming back maybe in a couple of weeks. I don't know when. Um, yeah, makes sense. Denny Avdia, yep, players are back. Minutes were well down. Don't understand it, but they are. And then just a bunch of names that me not using full names makes it hard. But, you know, in order to squish it in with the percentages, I'm not using full names. Jones and Jones are down 12 and 11%. That's Damian Jones. Yep, he's in COVID protocols. And that's Tyus Jones down 11 with Jar Morant back. Okay. Man, that's not only T-Man, because there's two of those in the NBA. That's Terrence Mann down 11%. I don't think there's any need to have him as a must-roster 12-team league player. So, sure. Then we go into Martin. Oh, who's that? Well, that's Caleb Martin. He's down 9% in Miami. Fine to drop. On the other hand, I think Cody Martin in Charlotte is worth an ad with Cali Oubre going into COVID protocols. Then we've got McDaniels. Another Jay McDaniels. Who's that? Well, this one's Jaden McDaniels down 9%. And I think that's fine with potentially Beverly returning next game. It's hard to look at Jaden as an absolute must-roster player. Then we go into Smith. Who's that? You say, well, that's Jalen Smith. But I reckon there might be some minutes for Smitty tomorrow because Cam Johnson's out for Phoenix. And Smith might have to play the four along with Jay Crowder. We know who the Winter Soldier is. That's Maxi Struess. Down 7%. No worries with that. Dropping him. Yep. And then um, Alfred, Alfred Payton? No. Gary Payton. So many duplicate names in the NBA. That's Gary Payton. Down 7%. Um, again, the return of Clay. The minutes dropped off. If you need steals, stream him, sure. But as a must-roster 12-team league player, I don't think that value is there for old Gaz. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's time for me to wish you, from myself and from BetOnline, a happy new betting year. BetOnline is the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. It's a new me. It's a new you. It's a new updated desktop site as well for BetOnline. And you can use their mobile device as well. But when you do, use the code Locked On so that when you sign up, you get a 50% welcome match deposit bonus from basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Hey, why do they always say Vegas casino games? Do casinos not exist literally anywhere else in the world? Did Vegas invent casino games? I don't think any of that is true. But anyway, that's what it tells me to say. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, that will take us into looking at games. First game, Bucks. Hornets. Bucks couldn't get it done over the Charlotte Hornets. 
103.99. Milwaukee was still without Allen and Holiday and Hill. But they did welcome back um, Dante DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton. Maybe they wish they hadn't because those guys combined to go 0 of 14. Just duking it out to see who could be worse. 0 and 2 for Connaughton. Two rebounds, nothing else. He's a 12-team drop. In fact, I'm going to Jack Armstrong his ass all the way out of here. Get that garbage out of here! DiVincenzo had two points and four rebounds in 16 minutes. He was 0 of 8 from the field. Get that garbage out of here! I like DiVincenzo as a player. I just don't think there's any way he's getting to the 29 minutes a night that he probably needs to be a must-roster 12. Um, Jordan Wara was good, though. 29 minutes, 18 points, four threes and a steal. Shot well. He's very up and down. But his development has been massively impressive to me. From a second-round pick last year who barely played to having a starring role for Nigeria in the Olympics and to playing well at times here. Now, when, they, when they've needed him, he stepped up. The problem is, is that when Allen and Holiday and Hill all come back, does he even play? I don't know. He's a name to watch and a sh very short-term stream, but he impressed. Giannis had 26-13-8 with a triple one. Unfortunately, he was bad from the line, while Middleton had 27-7-11 with three steals. And all it took for Middleton to step it up was for Drew Holiday to be out. We'll see if he can maintain that. Well, for the Hornets, they were, as I said, without Cal Ubre. Rogier was great. 40 minutes. 27-7-4, two steals and four threes. And one of the things I wanted to watch for in this game was the minutes of LaMelo Ball. And at least we got big ones. 35 of them. 23, 5, and 3 with 4 threes. He's still not at his best. In fact, he's ranked 75th over the last two weeks. That's far from his best. He's 14th for the season. But getting the minutes back up is good. Haywood copped a bit of a whack in the face. He ended up with 36 minutes, 14, 4, and 3. Still not anywhere near his best either, but solid enough. While PJ Washington Jr., only the 5 points on 20% shooting. That's obviously horrible. But 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, and a block is really good. And I think he is a 12-team league guy. While you can drop Mason Plumley. he had 6 and 9 in 22 and it was a rough efficiency night from Miles Bridges. Bridges has yeah, plateaued a bit from early season numbers. Still the 40th ranked player. 17-11 in 41 minutes. They rely upon him a ton, but that efficiency has really struggled. 37 from the field, 75 from the line in this game, and just not quite there. Well, 28 minutes for Cody Martin with Ubre out. That's worth looking at. Eight points, two threes, and three steals. I think Cody is a 12-team league, at least short-term ad for this week. While Ubre is out, after that, it's hard to rely upon him. And especially if you're looking for steals, Cody Martin can be that player uh, that you can add in there. <clears throat> Just quickly on the Hornets, I know they're playing well, but really disappointed that they have two first-round picks, including one pick that they traded up to get in Kai Jones and the other one, James Booknight, and they're having no impact at all. Two top 20 players who are having zero impact on this team. Whether that's, is the team that strong or were those picks just not ready? I would think that it's pretty disappointing to not have any impact whatsoever from your two first-round picks. Just as an aside. Let's go to the next game. Speaking of disappointing, the Utah Jazz, they go down to the Pistons. But it's great if you're a Pistons fan. Great win. The Pistons win at 126-116. Without Rudy Gobert, the uh, Jazz defense is horrific. They can't do anything. They can't stop anybody. Let's talk about your mate, <clears throat> Hassan Whiteside. The world. Um, <clears throat> 34 minutes, 21 and 14, two steals and three blocks. And that looks great. 53 fantasy points. Fantastic. This is why I said we persist holding until Gobert comes back. Literally might be next game, which is on Wednesday, I think. But this is why we persist holding. But this does not mean he played well. Obviously, there's that viral clip that um, <clears throat> Worldwide Wob tweeted. I think I retweeted it. Of him just throwing an inbounds pass straight to a Pistons player. And then just like matadoring. Hey, come, come to the rim, do whatever. Just that's the sort of shit that this bloke does. Numbers are great. And he was cooking Trey Lyles offensively 
killing him, um, but just some horrible mistakes that he makes. Still, while Gobert's out, we roster him. Mitchell, 31-3-4 with two steals. And Jordy Clarkson, he played the 28 minutes. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 16 points, four threes, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Really good efficiency. Didn't get to the line at all. He is not a must-roster long-term 12-team league guy, but while Ingles was out, while Gay is out, he's got value. Try and trade him. People believe in this bloke a lot. See if he can get anything back. Conley had 13-5-8, while Royce O'Neal, the Basmati man, Seven points in 35 minutes. The three steals are nice, but he is not a 12-team league must-roster player. In a roto league, sure, he's just steady. If you're in a playoff situation in a fantasy head-to-head league, no worries because you feel relatively good about the consistency, but there's absolutely no upside outside of a game where he'll have 15 points and five steals. And then, you know, they'll be, oh, you said he had no upside. It's true. He does have no upside. Does not stop players? We're going to talk about Tory Craig in a second from having these occasional were asked to pull that out of game. But Royce is not that player who has any sort of ability, I don't think, to be a long-term high-value player. I just don't see how that's there for him. Stinker from Bogdanovich, just 12-4. and four, And he's a guy that when the scoring is not there, oh, he gives you nothing. Like, this is nothing. No threes, no steals. No threes is a bit of a surprise. Two assists, no blocks. I think he has two blocks for the year. Always going to be on Bogdan, uh, sorry, Boyan Blockwatch. <clears throat> the good old BBW. I feel like that means something else but maybe that's something else I'm thinking about. On to the Detroit Pistons. My name is Richie Cunningham. The buy-low bump blows up. Cade Cunningham, he was on the buy-low show today. He just went for a casual 29-1-8 with two steals, two blocks, and five triples, 49 fantasy points. Yeah, sick. Um, that game has brought him into 61st over the last two weeks. He was like 150th, I think, before today. Big game. The depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. 37 minutes, 29 points, 5 triples, 6 rebounds, 1 block. A really, really good game. Really good. Shot 71%. Obviously, that's not real and can't continue. Um, good to see a good game from him. Is this... It's too good to be true. Like, <clears throat> let's get that out of the way. But he's obviously been impressive over the last 3-4 weeks. With some stinkers mixed in and some really, really big games. I can't really put my finger on where he's going to lie long term. Probably 90th to 100th is my guess. And this is on the high end. But a great game. And he played well. Corey Joseph. Um, yeah, sure. 25 minutes. 16-1-4, two steals and four threes. They got the win. Congratulations. That means so much to develop a 31-year-old point guard. Like, what are you doing? And I know Killian Hayes sucks, right? I know he's really bad. But you're also not giving him any sort of opportunity. And developing the guys like Corey Joseph to scrounge out a win in January in the middle of a rebuild when you're the worst team in the NBA, it means nothing, Dueno. And Dwayne wasn't even coaching, was his mate Rex. Like, it means nothing. But what it does mean is if you are in like a 16-team league, you go and grab Corey. If you're in a 14-team league, you grab him. I'm riding his success in my 30-team league. Loving it. Stop being, you know, don't stop being stupid, Detroit coaches. Good game from Corey. MC Hamadou Diallo only played 24 minutes. Stop. time. That was one of the most obvious sell highs you will ever, ever see. It has dropped way off. If you do want to drop in a 12-team league, I completely understand it. 10 and 8, 4 assists, 2 steals, and it's going to get worse. Speaking of getting worse... Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. This bloke really annoys me. Not him personally. Sure, he's a good bloke. It annoys me that I was so down on this guy as a player in the draft. I was like, Troy Weaver, you have... Screw this up. What are you doing? This bloke is not worth it. Why are you looking at this guy as your future franchise player? And then 
Yeah, at the start of this season, all right, they're going to play him. They're going to have to. He showed some flashes. He was better than I expected. Let's go. All right, develop into the 25th best starting center in the NBA, which I think is what his upside was. And now he looks exactly like the bloke that I thought he would be when he was drafted. It's just like, nah, mate, you're a backup center. That's it. He's, he's, he's just not good. Six and six, three blocks is nice, but he's just not good enough. He's not big enough. He's not good enough. What that means for this team, I have no idea. Because Trey Lyles is playing big minutes, and I can guarantee you he is not the center of the future. He had 14, six, and five with two threes on 16 shots. Second highest amount of shots on the team, by the way. I know it led to a win. That is not a recipe for success. Is Trey Lyles an ad? Ugh, look, 31 fantasy points, 150th over the last two weeks. If they're going to keep running the rotation like this, and with a back-to-back, they're playing tomorrow, uh, you're not against it. I have no faith that Lyles is going to play 28 a night while Stewart plays 20, and then where does Olenek fit in? I, I refuse to believe that Trey Lyles, who has been terrible for 35 out of 40 games this year, uh, is just going to be consistently good from here on out. I just I can't see how that happens, especially after being terrible, again, for the first six years of his career. I just find that hard to really swallow. Stream him now? No worries. Okay. But that is not the answer. Not saying that Stewart's the answer. Trey Lyles isn't. Saban Lee, yeah, again, when you can develop Corey Joseph over Lee and Hayes, do it. Why, why wouldn't you? Two and three for Lee while Hayes had five, two and three. Now, Hayes is only, what, 60 games into his career. He looks bad. He's still not given a fair opportunity and he's in a terrible position for development the way they're using him, but he just looks bad. And yeah, look, he's obviously not a fantasy option this year. And even in Dynasty, like I just got this quite wrong. I thought he was going to be pretty solid as a player. I'm not, I can't say that, rule that out completely, but it's pretty bloody close. Like, I, I just don't see it for this guy. It's, it's, he's struggling. He's in a bad situation and he's really struggling. Really, really in a, uh, in a bad way at the moment. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Pacers and the Celtics. I wouldn't recommend watching this game back. Overtime game, 101-98. Boston gets the win. Let's talk about DeMontis Sabonis, who played 45 minutes. Triple-double means a good game, yeah? Not really. Like 11 points on 12 shots as a center? I'm not sure what's going on there. He has had some unbelievably head-scratching games this season. Again, we're talking about a game where there's no Levert and there's no Brogdon, and he posts an 18% usage with a 25% shooting. The 23 rebounds and 10 assists is sick. It's great. No threes, one steal, zero blocks. And someone was roasting me in the basketball monster forums, and maybe they're listening to this, telling me, how can you possibly say he's been inconsistent? He's been inconsistent. He's been head-scratchingly bad, and then he has games where he puts up big numbers, and I can't get a full idea as to why it's happening. He's obviously down from where he was last year as well. Just a weird, weird game. It's also weird when you see Torrey Craig drop 19 points in 31 minutes. I don't buy that for a single second. 33 minutes for Justin Holiday, 11-4-3 with two steals. Shot poorly, but the role is there. Now, this is a game, again, no Brogdon, no Levert, no Duarte. So that's 95 rotation minutes out. So when we see some of the minutes that some of these guys are getting, we have to take that into consideration. Like 23 minutes for Kiefer Sykes, 11-2-3. Um, look, he's only a short-term guy that you write out, that's it. Dwayne Washington, 9-1-2. Again, very short-term. But let's talk about Lance Stevenson, who 14-4. and four, On the surface, you look at that, that's nice. They're good numbers. And they sort of are, but he was also the second-worst fantasy contributor on the entire team, ahead of only Jeremy Lamb, because he shot 39% from the field. He was one of two from the uh, free-throw line. He had one assist, no steals, and no blocks. And he played eight first-half minutes, and he had three points. 
He did really fire it up towards the end. But again, I really find it hard to believe that a team is going to prioritize Lance Stevenson over Brogdon, Levert, Duarte, and then eventually when TJ Warren returns. If you want to stream Lance Stevenson in now, by all means, right, do it. I just don't see how we can maintain 12-team league value as we move forward. I, I can't see that. Now, I promised I was going to talk about Miles Turner, and let's do it. 23 minutes, 6 points, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. The way that Indiana uses this bloke is criminally bad. He'll have a stretch where they'll play him 33 minutes, and he'll be a top 20 player, and you go, what the f***? What's this? This is amazing. And then they do this shit so they can prioritize Sabonis. And I, I again, I am in the minority. Turner's a better player to me. I think Turner is a better player than DeMontis Sabonis. And they prioritize using Sabonis over Turner. And they're going to prioritize keeping Sabonis. And they're going to probably trade away Miles Turner. And I feel really, really confident that when Miles Turner gets traded away, his numbers are going to go up. He may not block as many shots, but he'll become more involved. He'll get more usage. He'll play more minutes consistently. And I'm actually actively rooting for him. I'm not rooting because, well, maybe I am rooting. Giggity. Because rooting means something completely different here. Um, imagine I could do that. Imagine I could be rooting for Miles Turner to get traded. Mate, who else wants to get traded? Anyone want to trade? You want me to root for you? Let's go. Oh, that's enough of that talk. Uh, Miles Turner. Yeah, I'm actively campaigning for him to get traded because I just want to see him actually be able to play the role that I think he can play. It's frustrating. So if I have Miles Turner, I am definitely not dropping him and I'm definitely not trading him away. I think that he is going to get moved, finally, and it can only be to a situation that benefits him. On to the Celtics. Well, 41 minutes for the Rock DJ. Let's play the music. Rock, DJ. 14 and 12, four steals and three blocks. Sick. Perfect from the line. Sick. 80% from the field. Radical. Really good. They, it's been hard to keep a track of him. Early in the season, him and Horford, both huge minutes. And then Williams hurt his toe and then played like 23 minutes a night and they were prioritizing Horford. What's going on here? And now it's flipped over again and they're not going to the two bigs as much and it's Williams who's the guy. It's sick. Like, hey, he was on the sell high show today. Mate, that actually increases your sell high window because he was how good he was. It does drop his overall block average, but good numbers. And then, I guess to contrast that, Al Horford played 23 minutes, didn't play at all in overtime, had three and seven. He is really struggling. I will hold him. I am not dropping him, but what he was doing earlier in this season was 100% anomalous. We talked about it at the start of the year saying sell high, but there's no way you can sell high because surely no one's buying this. Just enjoy the ride. And now he's gone well to the other side of the pendulum. But we've seen it for probably two months now that the Celtics, they, they might start them together, but they don't want to play them both big minutes. At one point, it was Horford getting it. Now it's Williams getting it. So I don't have faith in them both coexisting at a high level. Speaking of high levels, I wouldn't want to talk about Dennis Schroeder in that discussion, but we'll do it anyway. Five points in 21 minutes. He had five assists. He missed all four of his shots. He is actively bad. But at least the Celtics have figured out they should not play him and Marcus Smart together. But what happened? Marcus Smart got injured, and they didn't play Schroeder anyway. He's actually bad. He might put up these sexy numbers. There'll be some scoring games. And you go, oh, but he's the sixth man. That's bullshit. He's not a good player. And I think we're seeing that be realized here. Jack Armstrong, I need you to fire all the way up. Get that garbage out of here! They played 38 minutes of Josh Richardson. Now, that's not still worthwhile of being a 12-team league guy. Well, Marcus Smart, they said he was probable to return with a thigh bruise, and then two minutes later said, nah, just joking, he's not coming back. 11 points in 23 minutes. I'm still holding Smart pretty clearly. Um, yeah, look, when Peyton Pritchard comes back, 
I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Schroeder. I don't know where he's going to fit. But let's go positive. Jalen Brown, 26, 15, and 6. JB, you've done it again. After I um, used him as one of my options for uh, one of my best bets, I'd go under on the assists. He's been racking him up. Six assists is great. While Tatum had 24 and 12. Of course, Jason Tatum just just absolutely urinated on your field goal percentage. Another 33% night, and that has been horrific from him. He's still the 22nd ranked player this year, Tate's. But that is uh, another stinking shooting performance in a game that you would not want to rewatch. That's how, uh, unfortunately, bad it was. So I'm going real th slow through these games today. The Spurs and the Knicks. And I should be resting my voice. The Knicks blow it out, 111-96. DeJounte Murray, uh, after the game, oh, I could have sat out. It was a back-to-back, -back, but I wanted to play. Good for you. 24-4-5, two steals and a block wall. I don't know if it means anything long-term, but Devonte Kachok, 23 minutes, 6-10, one steal, two blocks. That's on the back of a game where he had two steals and two blocks. And this is a bloke whose G League numbers when he was playing in South Bay, they will always pop very much like a way a Chris Boucher would for Raptors 905. Or a Christian Wood when he was playing for Greensboro Swarm or for whatever that the Wisconsin Herd. Always big numbers. And you go, can that happen in the NBA? And now it's happening in the NBA. And I don't know what to make of it. Now, of course, it's happening without White, Johnson, Vassell, Young, McDermott, Lander. They're all out. Just keep an eye on Kachok. They started Joshi Primo. He had 11-2-3. He's going to go back to the G League once these players return. So not much there long-term. Unfortunately, I'd love to see him play, but they're not going to do it. Well, Lonnie Walker, 15 points in 27 minutes. Um, again, nice scoring option. Took 19 shots, shot 26%. He just is not very good at all, I don't think, as a long-term uh, NBA prospect. And I don't believe in him as a fantasy player. Jakob Pertl, just the 24 minutes, 12 and 10 with two blocks. Um, yeah, disappointing playing time, but otherwise the numbers are pretty good there. Well, for the Knicks, Rowan Barrett only played 31 minutes, but had 31 points. Not much else, and it came on just huge volume and great shooting. And it always makes me nervous. 60% shooting, 80% from the line. He's been one of the worst shooters in the entire NBA this year. And when he has a game like this, he pops off. If you've got him, this is the perfect sell-high opportunity because people love Rowan Barrett. Some people don't like him, but a lot of people love him. Very much Cam Riddishy. They believe it. it's just going to happen. It's going to happen, man. He's so young. He is young. It's also been three years of being a bad shooter and one year at college of being a bad shooter. And I'm just not sure it turns around. And like I've said before, I'd like to see a little bit more evidence of him doing this consistently before I buy into it. But that was good. That was a good game. Really good. Uh, Alec Burks. Alec Berg. 32 minutes, 16, 4 and 2, 2 steals, 3 threes, 50%. Great. Great. That's 12-team valuable. But what they do when Kemba comes back, does Kemba come back and start? Does Kemba come back and not play? I think that's looking more likely, to be fair. Out again with his knee injury. Because remember, he has not played Kemba Walker a single game off the bench for the Knicks. He's either started or he doesn't play. And is Burks their option now? I don't know. I haven't got a firm grasp on it. We only got 22 minutes of the disease scrotum, Evan Fournier. He had 18 points, four threes, two steals. I thought played pretty well. Had some foul trouble. Well, quickly had 12, four, and six. Solid numbers. Quickly has a real ceiling on his numbers because of the way that Thibodeau runs the rotation. And that's a concern. But otherwise, uh, he can be a good streamer. Um, the buy low bump did not work for the double royal. The good news for Julius Randle is I don't think it can get much worse than this. Two points on 14% shooting. He did have 12 boards, but no threes. Three assists. They continue to be down. He was really, really fueled early in this season by some high defensive numbers, which have disappeared completely. He didn't get to the line at all. 
He's the 145th player now over the last two weeks and outside the top 50 for the season. The Knicks uh, extension they signed him to, they may not be feeling too good about that one. He does not look good at all. He's not fitting. He's just, something's not right. Don't know. Mitchie Robinson, 32 minutes, 13-11, four blocks, good. Still no Nerlens Noel, who's out with one of the world's longest bouts of COVID. Um, well, that's not true, obviously, but he's out for a bloody long time. And Robinson's taking advantage of it. Good numbers, 12-team league option for him. Let's go on to the next one. Um, blow out this one as well. The Sixers beat the Rockets comfortably, 111-91. Um, Embiid was great. 26 minutes, 31-8 and 6, a steal, two blocks. He's crushing it. 13 of 13 from the line. Number three ranked player over the last two, two weeks. He's top eight for the season. He's killing it. They were without Curry, Maxi, and Milton. So they had to start Ferky from Turkey at point guard, and he was solid enough, 12-6-2. That's good streamable numbers, but it's not a must-roster guy. While the painter, Matisse Thibel, 10 points, two threes, and his new role as the dunker, it's working out all right. Now, the worry I have is pre-game, Doc was saying stuff like, we don't want to play Thibel and Green together too much. I mean, he didn't have too many options here, but when Curry, Maxi, and Milton come back, it's going to be Thibel or Green. And I don't know how they're going to work that. If you need defensive stats, of course, you can always rely upon Thibel. Drummond had 13 and 10 in 27 minutes. Good numbers against a terrible opponent. While the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris, played 25 minutes. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Look, he's been playing better of late, but this was, it's hard to get a full grasp on this game considering how much of a blowout it was. Isaiah Joe had 10 points in 25 minutes. And then we had Charlie Brown, who I thought did all right in terms of just on-court play. The stats are pretty rough. The two steals are nice. And uh, one point in 22 minutes. Maybe he's got a chance of getting a, a two-way. Or Let's talk about the Rockets. Um, yeah. They were without Eric Gordon. So Stephen Silas decided to go back to Daniel Tice. Now, I think some of that is because of the matchup against Embiid. And Christian Wood can't handle it. But we still only got 22 minutes out of Tice. 12 and 4, two steals and a block. And he'll probably go back into mothballs and not play after this. I just... just I don't... Look, it didn't stop anything. Embiid still killed you. You got thashed. I don't... Just play KJ Martin. Try it. The rotations didn't make sense. David Noir had been playing 20 minutes and on. He played eight minutes. Still had a steal and a block, but I don't get that rotation. KJ Martin, 10 and four, two blocks, two threes, 22 minutes. Continually being stifled by Silas. SBS. Um, I still think he's an interesting stash. I tell you who I'm losing faith in. Even the wild thing's gone well. Can't do much about that. Yeah, I don't know what to do about him either. 25 minutes, 9 points, 2 blocks for Jay Sean Tate with a 3. That makes him the 131st ranked player this season. And in a 12-team league, it's not great. Don't worry, I'm talking about Kevin Porter. Jalen Green, 14 points in 30 minutes. Just like... Ugh. Like... It, it's, it's fine. It's like smelling your own fart where you go, that smells, but I can actually deal with it. That's sort of how it feels at the moment with Jalen. I'm holding him, but barely. But let's talk about cousin Kevin Porter. His relatives have been pretty quiet this season. 28 minutes. He got ejected because, of course, for a flagrant two for running through Charlie Brown. 8, 6, and 5. No threes, no steals, no blocks. And is this bloke... I know I said RJ Barrett's one of the worst shooters in the NBA. I think this bloke might be. 22% shooting, 67 from the line. Again, he had bad shooting numbers in college too. I just think he might actually be bad. And... The combination of him and Green in the backcourt, I do not... It's been 40 games, less 30 games. So it's a very quick um, conclusion to come to, and it's not a full conclusion. 
But it's that thing that I have to work on this personally as well. Like it's a confirmation bias. When I see something at the start of the season, go, I don't know about this combination long-term. Then 30 games in, I go, fuck, it's actually really bad. Like it's, it's worse than I expected. It's hard for me to then look at it and go, oh yeah, but maybe it becomes really good. I, I, I thought something, it got confirmed. I don't know how to, I don't know how to dispel that. I'm not giving up on Porter for fantasy this year. Or am I? He's the 197th ranked player. Now, if you drafted him, you were very much in the understanding that your field goals and free throws would hurt. So just pure ranking numbers don't really tell the full story here for Porter. You've got to look at it under the, um, I guess, conditions that your league or your team build sets. But if you wanted to drop Kevin Porter, absolutely no problem. The bloke's not good. Oh, but Josh, he scored 50 points. I, I'm, I, I know that. He had a triple-double. I, I also know that. That does not preclude the other games of him being bad. He's young. He's developing. But you pair that with the combustibility, that sort of stuff, it, it is really frustrating. And in Dynasty, I wouldn't give up. Or Even though I don't really think he's going to develop into an all-star level player or even a sub-all-star. For this year, though, I reckon if you need to... Am I being reactionary about Kevin Porter? Maybe. But I just don't I just don't think he's very good. I thought he could take some steps forward and he's taken significant ones backwards. Unfortunately for him and unfortunately for those of us, me included, I think. I think I drafted him. Um, who drafted him? All right, let's go to the next game. This is a very, very bad loss for the Nets. I know they're on a back-to-back, but the game yesterday against an undermanned Spurs was lucky for them to get out of that one in an overtime win. Like, they are struggling. They are not looking great. And yes, James Harden was out. That's fine. But some of it is um, yeah, it's bad timing, schedule. Some of it is just horrendous coaching and lineup decisions. I don't know why. Why, when you're bringing Kyrie Irving back, that's fine. You got Kyrie and KD. And then you start three non-shooters, Bembry, Claxton, and David Duke. Like, it is piss poor coaching to do that. Absolutely piss poor. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. And well, Nash has got lots of credit. That's bad. They are bad decisions. Durant had 28 and 10, five assists, two threes. He played 42 minutes on a back-to-back after playing 40 yesterday. This is insanity. And he still can't win. Oh, God. Two steals and a block. Kyrie, 40 minutes. Pre-game, Steve Nash. Oh, it's not like we've got a new car. I'm not just going to go chuck all these miles straight. I'm not going to play in 40 minutes. 40 minutes for Irving, 22 and 8, four assists, three threes, a steal and a block. There are, there are options here, right? If you want to start rookies and players who don't shouldn't really be starting on a real team, start the ones that can shoot. You've got two of them. Cam Thomas, he was good again. 21 points in 26 minutes, four threes, three steals. That's two big minute games in a row for Thomas. Yes, there was no Harden, but keep an eye on him. And keep... Uh, the, other guy, the other guy I would start is Kessler Edwards, a guy that can shoot. He played 15 minutes, had five points. This David Duke starting thing needs to go. Why are we not playing? Javon Carter was getting minutes to start the season. He's not playing anymore. He's shit. That's fine. Bruce Brown, not playing anymore. Not a good shooter, but that's fine. Like, the rotation decisions don't make any sense. Nick Claxton, 13 minutes. He had foul trouble and then hurt his hamstring and didn't return. They play again on Wednesday and Aldridge won't play in that game. So we've got to have a look at Sharpie. Dayron Sharp, 24 minutes, 14 and 7 with three blocks, perfect from the field. Very good energy player, very good rebounder. And if there's an opportunity for him, he might be a Wednesday stream. We want to hear more about um, Klaxo's hammy. You don't start Paddy Mills next to Irving. I understand the defensive concerns there. 
But getting a shooter out there, at least, can Mills take some shots? Like He's struggling a little bit at the moment, Millsy. 250th over the last two weeks. Three points with five assists. Paddy, we love you, but... Get that garbage out of here! He's not a 12-team league guy. He's a streamable player. And that's it. Bembry played 18 minutes for four points with two blocks. The whole rotations are just screwed. And I know that Bembry and Duke only played bench minutes, but you are combining them with your players that need the space around them. Like Irving and Durant, why are you... If you're going to start, the guys will play the minutes. Maximize the minutes of these guys. Thomas, keep Mills in the second line. Put Thomas, put Edwards out there. I don't need to see Duke. I don't need to see Bembry play these minutes. Frustrating stuff. For the Blazers, a great win. Without probably you know three of their best four players, five of their best six, big win. Bob Covington, amazing. Sell high if you can. 21 points, five threes, three steals, two blocks. Huge scoring, huge threes, huge defensive stats, playing big minutes because Nance is out. Benny McLemore, good stream while these players are out. 20 points, five threes, two blocks. Anthony Simons, not as efficient as other games, but 23, six, and 11. He is going to be impacted when CJ McCollum returns. But that's fine. He's a must-roster player in every single format. Now, see, Little was even okay. 13-5 and five with two threes, a steal, and three blocks. I don't really think he's a 12-team league guy, but an interesting 14-teamer. And then Nurk just had some horrific shooting, 31%. Not the worst shooting performance from a center today, but 14-8 and eight in those 33 minutes. And his minutes are pushing up every game, which is super, super encouraging. And now he is inside the top 75 for the season. That'll take us on to the last game of the day, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sacramento Kings. The Cavs pull it out, 109-108. Jarrett Allen, 18-17 and two blocks. It's great. 42 minutes for Evan Mobley. 17-7-5, one steal, two blocks. Also great. Darius Garland played 34 minutes. Only 12 points, but we were worried he was even going to play today. Five rebounds, 11 assists, good numbers. Kevin Love got back on track. Now, he's only playing 21 minutes, and this is what he was doing earlier in the season. And with a healthy team, this is you know creating these lower minutes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get back to 28. He had 18 points, though, on 13 shots, 39%, but still good production. Lamar Stevens didn't play the big minutes like last game, neither did Rondo. And I think these 20 minutes for each of these players is more realistic. Nine points for Lamar. Rondo had five. Now, Rondo did contribute six assists and two steals, which is really valuable. What happens when Okoro returns, I don't know. But if you do want assists, you can stream in Rondo. I don't think we expect six assists and two steals in 20 minutes a night, but I do think the 20 minutes for him is a more realistic expectation for his playing time and his production, as is the five points. The six assists, we'll see where that goes. Right? If you, if you want the assist, I get it, but he's not a must. The Discman, C.D. Osman. Now, yesterday, again, I said, hey, grab him. Back-to-back, good value, good minutes. And then he shit the bed and played 18 minutes, and it didn't make a lot of sense. This one, he plays 31 minutes. That's better, isn't it? 15 points. It's a pretty empty line. It's not great. 15 points, two threes, but I'm very encouraged by the 31 minutes. And again, like I said at the start of the show, I think the people adding him made the right choice. I feel more confident in saying that again now. He is a 12-team league player for now. And Larry Markkinen, eh, 15 and 5 with three threes. I think Markkinen is a soft 12-team hold, but if you're in a shallow format, a 10-teamer, I think he can do better than Larry Markkinen. He's had so many opportunities as a starter, and he's still fluffing around at about 130 for the year. Like, no upside, really. No defensive stats. His shooting's still not there. He'll have some better stretches, but in a 10-teamer, eh, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's a must. For the Kings, Buddy Hield was bad, and then he was good. 19 points in 27 minutes with five threes, two steals, and a block. Good numbers. Halliburton, 21, 2, and 8 with three steals and a block. Really good. Darren Fox, eh, not so much. 12 points, four assists, two steals. Again, 
horrific field goal percentage from Fox, who just continues to struggle um, through many, many areas of this season. He's 88th for the year, 137th over the last two weeks. I don't know why we are persisting with Marvin Bagley. He is officially not good. 20 minutes, and I, yeah, oh, they're, they're showcasing him for a trade. Here's me, rival GM. Mm, that Marvin Bagley looks shit. I might trade for him. You are just showing everybody how bad he is. I know how bad he is. They know how bad he is. You know how bad he is. Stop handicapping your team by playing this bum. He is a good rebounder. I'll give him that. 10 boards. But a true Marvin Bagley here. 8 and 10 with no threes, no assists, no steals, and no blocks. Alex Len. Stinking. 4 points on 15% shooting. He had 10 boards and a block. But as soon as Jones and or Holmes return... I don't know what the hell's going on with Holmes. Hopefully he's back soon. Um, Len's gone. And backing him up was Nemius Cater. 11 and 5 with a steal. And he played really well. Unfortunately, they've got 17 centers on this team, so he's not going to get a regular role. But we don't need Alex Len or Tristan Thompson. They should be pissed all the way off of this team. Develop Cater. See what you got. But they won't do that, of course, because they are Sacramento. But it was good, encouraging stuff from Cater. I'm keeping an eye on Chemezi Metu as well. 13 points, 3 threes, 5 rebounds. He is, to me, clearly the guy that you should develop over Bagley. Clearly. And clearly the better player currently. Whether they establish that or not, I don't know. Um, and Davion Mitchell, he looks real bad, doesn't he? He's not good at all at this point. Four points in 22 minutes. Hated the pick at the time. Maintain the hate it now. He's getting a lot of minutes. He's doing nothing with him. And even if Fox was to be traded and they installed Davion Mitchell as a starting point guard, I'm not convinced he'd be a 12-team league player. He has been that poor so far this season. I better talk about him. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He sucked again. 28 minutes, 14, 3, and 2. This is like Golden State Harrison Barnes, where he wasn't a rosterable player. Um, soft hold in 12s. In a 10-team league, though, I don't know. I probably would still hold. But since his foot injury, the minutes are well down. The usage is down. Everything is down. And I worry that, A, he gets traded to another team where his role stays low or that he just doesn't ever get healthy. Some real concerns for me with Barnes. I, I am still holding a little bit, but it's been pretty shithouse, hasn't it? Let's talk lines of the night. The monstrous is Joel Embiid. The waiver wire is the young up-and-coming Corey Joseph. The young gun is his teammate, the sly hog himself, Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. And the dud of the night. I tell a man's not hot. It's your mate, Dennis Schroeder. On to the top players for Category Leagues today. We have got at number one was Embiid, two Cunningham, three Middleton, Durant, Rob Williams, Rob Covington, Sadiq Bay, Terry Rogier, Hassan Whiteside, and Jared Allen. Your waiver wire guys, number one was Joseph. Yeah, he's got some 14-team value for now. Jordan Wara, sure, stream him in 12s. Tory Craig, no thank you. Cam Thomas, I'm keeping an eye on that one. Looks like Harden will be back on Wednesday, but I'm keeping an eye on Thomas. Nasir Little, yeah, probably 14s. Ben McLemore, while Powell and McCullum are out. Yep, no problem streaming him. Dayron Sharp, really intrigued for Wednesday. Wes Matthews, no thanks. KJ Martin, just give him minutes. Simple as that. Absolute watch list player. And Emmanuel quickly, just take the lid off. Let him pop off. That'd be great. On to your top 10 in points leagues. We've got Embiid, Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
Kevin Durant, Hassan Whiteside, DeMontis Sabonis, Kate Cunningham, Jared Allen, and The Rock, DJ Robbie Williams. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Sorry for going so long. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.